But there's a lot of things when I really think about it that I'm tired of, that I'm weary about, and I've had just about enough. And I wonder how many of you can identify with any of the things I am tired of. If you can identify as I go through my list, just give me a yes, amen, praise God, uh, yeah, I agree, something, all right, you ready for this? Yeah. See, see how much of this you agree with, all right? So I'm tired of being defeated by a defeated enemy. I'm tired of a powerless life in a powerless church. I'm tired of abortions, violence, alcohol, drug and sexual abuse. I'm tired of the devil running havoc in our nation. I'm tired of God's people suffering financial lack, sickness, and disease. I'm tired of marriage breakups. I'm tired of divorce. I'm tired of sin. However, I'm not too tired to do something about it. I'm not tired of loving God. I'm not tired of attending church. I'm not tired of serving God. I'm not tired of reading my Bible. I'm not tired of praying. I'm not tired of hearing testimonies of God's power. I'm not tired of believing for revival. I'm not tired of expecting breakthroughs for myself and for others. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will finish my course. We will win in Jesus' name. Sometimes we need to get tired. Sometimes we need to say, I have had enough. Because that's the only time some of us are ever going to do something about it. Don't put up with all the rubbish the devil throws at you and your family and at the church and at the nation. Stand up and fight. Stand up and say, I'm going to do something about this. Anyone with me this morning? Each of the things we're tired of can be changed through prayer. All great Bible leaders drank of the oldest well of our fathers, the ancient well of fervent prayer. Abraham prayed that God would spare the wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. David prayed and became a man after God's own heart. Daniel prayed three times a day at the risk of his own life. Jesus spent many seasons in fervent prayer and drank continually of this well. Prayer has been the backbone of the Christian life and the church since the beginning of time and will continue forever to be so until the Lord returns. I'm not sure how it works after that. The church is dependent on prayer. The presence of God comes into the house through prayer. And you know, a building is made a sanctuary of God through prayer. Without the presence, without prayer, a church, a building is just like any other building. It's no different. But when we pray and God's presence comes, it becomes a place for God's Shekinah glory and for His power to dwell. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is an ancient well. Listen carefully. That the devil hopes we will never redig in our generation. Because that way, the church will make no significant advance and our nation will remain in Satan's grip. The well of prayer is the one he fears the most. And God has called Church Unlimited to redig this well with all our might, to dig with all our strength this ancient well that released God's power and glory and revival through history and through the centuries. There has never been an outbreak of God without some people somewhere 
digging this well with all their might. God is calling Church Unlimited to dig this well. What, for our sake, yes. For the church's sake, yes. But also for the sake of our nation and the nations of the world. Prayers are one well. The devil hopes this generation that you will never, ever redig. And he'll work everything into place to try and stop you redigging that well. It's the one he fears the most. The well from this water transforms the conquered into conquerors, the fearful into the fearless, the losers into winners, the powerless into the powerful, the poverty-stricken into the prosperous, the barren into the fruitful, the lukewarm to being on fire. That's what the next few days tonight and also the next three days is all about. I want to talk about five aspects of breakthrough prayer. Number one, you've heard it before, but you need to hear it again. Ask and keep asking. Say it with me. Ask and the major reason that your prayer doesn't get answered is because somewhere along the line, you quit. Somewhere along the line, you stop praying about that thing that you so want and so desire. So Smith Wigglesworth walked into a funeral parlor. He's on a mission from God. There's a man in the parlor. He's been dead for three days. He sends all the family and all the parlor attendants out of the, out of the room where the casket was. Once they're out, he shuts the door. He grabs a dead man by the lapels or by the collar, pulls him out of the casket and puts him up against the wall and he commands him and he says, now I command you to live in Jesus' name. And the corpse falls to the ground with a thud. Undeterred, he picks him up again by the lapels and he puts him against the wall and he says these words, let me quote it correctly. I've told you once, now I tell you again, live. The body falls to the ground. I can't imagine what the family and all the funeral parlor workers were thinking. All this racket going on as Wigglesworth in this room. <clears throat> Undeterred, Wigglesworth grabs the body one more time, puts it up against the wall, points his finger at the body, and he demands. And he says, I've told you once. I've told you twice. And I won't tell you again after this third time. Now live. Suddenly the man coughed shook his head, wiped his face, and walked out of the funeral parlor. Here's the question. Number one, how many of you would have tried it? Number two, after it didn't work the first time, who would have persevered? And after it didn't happen the second time, would any of us keep going? It's a picture of prayer, friends. You want that dead thing in your life to live? Huh? You want your finances to live? You want your marriage to live? You want your family to live? You want your body to live? You want your ministry to come alive? You know, do you want your, your career to, to live and come to life and you know, grow and expand? Friends, you just got to put it up against that wall and say, live! In Jesus' name, if it doesn't happen once, you pray it again, and you just keep on praying until finally it gets up, <laughs> comes to life, and the blessing of God flows in and through your life. You see, we, in this day, it's a day of instant everything. Is that right? So we struggle to hang in there. We cook faster. How many of you find waiting a minute for the microwave to heat something up seems like forever? <laughs> it do, isn't, that, isn't that true? Like, hurry up! I get really mad. Sometimes you almost pull it out early because it's just taking so jolly long. So we earn faster, we spend faster, we travel faster. You know, we can be like the African cheetah. 
It can run at speeds of 112 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Some of you have been doing that too. And you got tickets. And so you should. I got one the other day, a number of months ago, down the Northwestern Motorway doing what, 84 or something or 86? I mean, wow. That's terrible. It was, I, was, I, was just, I thought I was disgusted by that. <laughs> However, I was breaking the law. But we can have a cheater approach to prayer. You know, the problem with a cheater is it, it, it's very fast, but it's got a small heart. So it tires really quickly. So it goes boom, and then psh. We can have a cheater-like approach to prayer. So we can speed to the prayer closet, yeah, with great energy. We can speed to a prayer meeting, maybe two prayer meetings. We can speed to church services, but sometimes we lack the sustained effort to keep going until the answer comes through. We don't need more bursts of explosive power. We need more stamina, more staying power to get the job done, <laughs> to get the breakthrough we want. So as you know, and I've repeated again, prophetic word for this year, we've said it at the beginning of the year, God has said, I've got many, many blessings for every one of you that I want to give to you but they'll only be released as you increase your prayer life. And I wonder how many of us have done that, really persevered and pushed into prayer. We know the word, lots of blessings in 2015. They're going to come with increased prayer. If we've increased our prayer, I'm sure we're experiencing greater blessing. And so, you know, the prophetic word is the prophetic word. <laughs> God says something because most of God's blessings are conditional. You know, he says, you know, if you do this and I'll do this. Sometimes in his mercy, he just throws in some blessing anyway. If we don't persist in prayer, I've already said this, but I'm just being honest with you as pastor here. If we don't persist and grow in prayer, seriously, we will come to the end of life. There are many blessings God had for us that we will never have experienced. Wouldn't that be just tragic? Friends, this is an area of our life that is really something to consider very seriously. The second thing is faith declarations, because faith transforms the way you pray. Have you ever prayed when you've got faith? You know, it just empowers your prayer. That's what brings breakthrough. Things happen. Suddenly your words have creative capability. I know sometimes I've prayed, and as I prayed, I thought, boy, this is happening as I pray. There's just so much faith in. There's so much believing and expectation, and God comes through. And when you've got that faith, you can make faith declarations. So you can begin to declare salvation to your family. You can begin to your bank account and command it to prosper. You can speak to your car and tell it to stop breaking down and operating properly. You can speak to, you can proclaim blessing on your marriage. You can declare that your kids are well behaved. You can declare that your finances are, are going to another level. You can declare blessing on your career. You can declare blessing on every area of your life. Faith declarations. You see, God has given us the power to create our own world long as it lines up with His Word, through the declarations of our mouths in faith. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's true. We're made in the image of God. God said, let there be light, and there was? You're made like God. So you create your own world, primarily through prayer. That's how you create your world, the environment you want to live in. That's why people who pray a lot walk in a massive amount of blessing. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, really, isn't it? Christianity is not complicated. 
God says, pray, I'll bless you. No, we say, no, God, give me a 500-page book for how to get the blessing of the Lord. You know, I've got to go through ABC and 150 steps. No, no, forget that. <laughs> God says, just, just pray. Get in your closet, seek my face, and I'll bless you. Pretty simple. Who reckons that's simple? Really simple, isn't it? All right. So just going to Matthew 14, verse 30, beginning to sink, this is Peter. We heard about this last week, didn't he? He cried out, the Lord saved me. Can I say that sinking times are praying times? Has anyone experienced that? Isn't it amazing, eh? <clears throat> so at the start, Peter didn't pray. He neglected prayer. Jesus said, come, he takes off, neglects prayer. But when he began to sink, he prayed. He didn't pray, but when he began to sink, he prayed. Now, here's the good news. Even though the prayer was late, it wasn't too late. It's the goodness of God, isn't it? Even if you haven't prayed, it's never too late to start praying, to seeking God's faith. God heard us cry and he answered it. See, trials drive us naturally to prayer. As a bird flies to the woods for shelter, as a fox goes to its hole for protection, the Christian who's troubled flies or goes to the haven of prayer for protection and for shelter. And thousands of storm-tossed believers have found haven in that place of prayer. And so tonight, like Peter, if we are having that sinking feeling, then we're going to reach out in prayer. And God is going to see us through and pick us up out of that sinking like he did with Peter and rescue us in our situation. Watch Jesus in Gethsemane. In, uh, in uh, his hour of greatest struggle, it says this, Matthew 26, 38. If you're going through a struggle, hear this. You listening? Matthew 26, 38. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. I wonder if there's anyone like that. Exceedingly. God, this is so hard. God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, Jesus has been there. Then he says here, stay here and watch or pray with me. And Jesus sweat drops of blood, praying, and he got through victorious. You see, prayer has the power to get you through the severest challenges of life. There is no other way through, friends. All your natural ability and strength will never get you there. But Jesus got through, and you and I can get through. But the third point is this, we need to pray with others because tremendous power is released when people pray together. Matthew 18, 19, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. You know, when we pray together, see, if you're struggling to get through, find someone to pray with. It's a really, really powerful thing to do. And when we pray together, the corporate anointing is released. The corporate anointing is much greater than the individual anointing. So when you pray on your own, there's a certain amount of anointing and breakthrough you can get. When you pray with someone else, there's a greater level of anointing and breakthrough, more breakthroughs you can get. When you pray with the entire church, there's the corporate anointing, which is infinitely greater than the individual anointing. And, and that's why you can get massive breakthroughs when you join uh, together with the church body in prayer. That's why Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Because he said, that's going to get you the answer. That's going to get you the blessing. That's going to get you the breakthrough. And when a church united in prayer, it can shatter the enemy. And God is forcing us, I believe, to see how much we need each other. Have you noticed that a lot of the testimonies, a lot of them come through small groups? What, people praying together? 
or someone says, look, these people were praying for me, I got the answer. You see, and God's forcing us to, to be connected. God's forcing us to, to be with one another and uh, that we can't actually go, go alone. He's forcing us to see how much we need one another. Tell the person next to you, I need you. <laughs> Especially if they're single and you want to marry them. <laughs> you should always sit next to the right person, you know, in church because you never know the moment is going to come. Or I say, here's your chance. Propose now. <laughs> Some of the most powerful verses in Scripture, I just want you to see those, depend on corporate prayer. So let's throw up Romans 8, 37. Read it with me. No, in all these things, we... Stop. All these things... What's the next word? We. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It doesn't say in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. You won't conquer on your own in many cases. We together combine corporate prayer, prayer meetings, hour of power, call it what you like. That's where you find the reality of that verse. Let's try another one. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always leads us. Us. Doesn't say me. Are you getting it? Doesn't say me. God's going to lead me in triumphal procession in Christ. He says he leads us, the body, together. See, it's God's trying to get rid of, you know, my ministry and my prayers and my family, and he wants it to move to our ministry, our prayers, our family, not my power, but our power. Not our, my breakthrough, but our breakthrough. Not my victory, but our victory. You know, it's a, it's a whole body or nobody. We need one another. That's why we're the body of Christ. So think about it in the natural. Are you with me this morning? Anybody here? Yeah. So if, you're, if you injure your arm, for example, all right, you injure your arm, you depend on the rest of your body that's healthy to send reinforcements and energy and everything into that arm to heal it. Is that right? That's how the body works. You know, if one part is injured, it needs the rest of the body to help it, restore it, and heal it. And so the same is in the body of Christ. If you are struggling and you're hurting, you're wounded on your own, friend, alone you will not make it. But you get the rest of the body around you, either in a small group or youth group or wherever it might be, joining with others, and they get their strength, their energy, they pour it into you. That's how you get through. That's why we are more than conquerors. That's why we, are, we, we, we triumph together. Is this making sense, church? We need each other, don't we? We're made interdependent, not independent. The independent person is not going to get very far. The more isolated we are, the more we're going to struggle in life. God's pressuring us to be joined together. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and verse 11. I want to look at that because that picks up on tonight and during this coming week. Fantastic verse which says this. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So it says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, predestined according to the purpose of him. So one of the most important areas to pray in is to claim the inheritance. See, in Jesus, you have an inheritance. And some of you are waiting for <laughs> a different sort of inheritance you know, from your parents, you know, waiting for them. Some people try and hasten the inheritance. Don't do that. It's not the wise thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. But a lot of us, uh, some of us, have uh, got not much inheritance coming at all. And I've got all my inheritance. Well, there's still a bit to come yet. 
being a bit delayed, that's right, we can wait. <laughs> but we think about the you know, inheritance, you know, and if you've got wealthy parents, you think, man, oh, I'm set up for life. My inheritance is sooner or later going to come. Some of you haven't got much of an inheritance heading in your direction. Friends, that, that inheritance is okay. It's fine. I'm telling you this, it's nothing. It's not a billionth, not one billionth of the inheritance God has for you. Not only on this earth, but also in the next life. So there is this amazing inheritance that God has said, right, for Johnny here, I, this is my inheritance, and it's massive, it's astronomical, it's his. And then for Tark, and for Church Unlimited, I've got this inheritance. And friends, your inheritance is yours. No one else can take it. God's not going to give it to anyone else. It's yours. He's assigned it. He's allocated it. He's apportioned it to you. It's yours. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Amen? Yeah. But <laughs> got to pray it into being. You've got to bring heaven to earth. And the more you pray, the more God gives you revelation of what your inheritance is. See, it says in Corinthians, I have not seen nor yet heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Then it says these things are revealed to us by the Spirit. So when you get into prayer, the Spirit begins to reveal to you, Stan, the things that God has ordained and purposed for your life. Stan's my good mate. He's been with me since before we got into this church, eh? way back in the Queen Street days. And yeah, the man is a legend. And I uh, appreciate it. Him and Margaret, of course, Margie as well. Still bless you guys. Great to see you. But you know, I don't know how did I get onto that track? <laughs> Somehow, yeah, the inheritance. It's for all of us. And that's why I guess I'm pretty excited about tonight because I think we stand on the edge of destiny, yeah. the edge of inheritance that God has for many of us. You know, we've prayed for a long time, but we need to really go after this thing now. It's like, okay, God, now, 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 now. God, my inheritance, now. And you'll be surprised what God has got for you and what he's got for you. Well, see, God's got amazing blessings for your life. Let's look at Deuteronomy 28, 12 to 13. The Lord will open to you as good treasure the heavens to give rain in your land and season, to bless all the work of your hand. This is God's inheritance for you, by the way. You shall bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. There's a fantastic, look at all that, friends. Open heaven, rain or fruitfulness in season. Bless everything you do. It's your job, your career. It's going to be blessed by God. Going to let financial blessing lend and not borrow. The head, you're going to be a winner, a victor, and not the head and not the tail. How many of you enjoy that? Don't, under, that's, isn't that incredible what God has for every born-again believer, child of God? And you say, well, where is it? It's up there. How do I get it? You pray. You bring it to earth. Don't miss out on what God has got for you. Finally, releasing enough power for breakthrough. See, it takes certain amounts, it takes certain amounts of power to get certain breakthroughs. If you want to light a flashlight takes a certain amount of a few little batteries. What if you want to light up a building like this? It takes a lot more power. What about lighting up a whole city? It takes a lot more power again, doesn't it? Friends, it's the same in the spirit world. So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18 because it's illustrated very clearly here. This is Elijah praying for rain. Let's say he's praying for blessing. And so in verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Let's stop there for a moment. 
There's a sound of the abundance. Of, in other words, there's a sound of abundant blessing. That's what I'm hearing. I wonder if anyone else is hearing that. Anybody? It's a couple of us. Hearing a sound. There's a sound. There's a sound. Wow. Rain. Just It's the sound of an abundance of blessing. It's a sound. I'm hearing it. I know others are hearing it. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servants, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked there. There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, stay, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that there was a sky came black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So here's a question. There's a sound of blessing. There's a sound of rain. I hope you can hear it. Join us tonight and you'll probably hear the sound. When you get into these prayer meetings, sometimes, sometimes it's just electric, the atmosphere. And you just know God is up to some fantastic stuff. Why did Elijah have to keep persevering and keep praying? Well, he had to release enough power for the answer to come. So much power for a flashlight, more power for a building, more for a city. He had to relate. This is rain. He wants massive blessing. So he had to release enough power to get the answer through. Elijah's posture is that of a woman giving birth. It's intense travail. You see, per- prayer is birthing. It's not easy. And uh, we need to, you know, but, but we, what we're doing is we're praying and, and birthing. We're releasing enough power to get this thing out, to get this breakthrough past the barriers. You know, sometimes it gets a bit, bit difficult when we're getting close there and we want to give up and we want to quit. You know, but we've got to keep travailing, we've got to keep pushing, we've got to keep pressing until we've raised up enough power to release the blessing that God has got for our life. That's why some blessings you can get easily. Doesn't take much, it doesn't need much power. Other things you want, boy, that's, that's high level. It just takes that more prayer. So we need to, praying, we need to keep praying and not quit. Some people say the devil is short. Because, why do they say that? You can punch him in the jaw best when you're on your knees. While decorating a church in England, they washed off layers of whitewash and discovered a fresco painting. It's a really interesting painting. This is years and years ago in England. It was a church full of people in medieval costumes. They were sitting alongside every church member. And they discovered that beside every Christian was a little demon holding their mouth shut. See, the devil has one mission in your life. Shut your mouth from prayer. And you've all been assigned should I dare to say, a demon. <laughs> no, you don't want to hear that. There's a real truth in that. And he's got to shut. Because once that mouth gets going in prayer, the devil knows he's in serious trouble. The ancient well of prayer, as the musicians would come, the ancient well of prayer in your life is the one well that the devil does not want you to dig. <laughs> he does not want the church to dig. And I think there's a mandate on this church to redig this ancient well. To bring blessing to this city, this community, to this nation, to the nations of the world.
So in a sense, that's what tonight is about. We will also pray if you're struggling through a major crisis and like, you know, you're in that sinking position, we'll pray that and pray strength into you. Okay, we'll have a partner service for that. If you need strength, then we'll, we'll get the body to pray into that and give you the strength so you will be a conqueror. You will triumph through Christ Jesus. Sporadic casual praying. I'm sorry. Just won't release enough power to see breakthrough. It takes persistent, fervent, faithful prayer, and usually with other people as well. Victory comes to the persistent. We need committed, determined, systematic prayer. Not once in a while fireworks. It's time to pray. It really is. It's time to pray and release your inheritance, our inheritance, our destiny in God and all the wonderful blessings got in store for all of you wonderful people that gather here week by week at Church Unlimited. You were made for more than this. And God is about to bear His mighty hand and release upon us as we pray more blessing, more inheritance beyond what we had thought or imagined. In the end, we will win and overcome and break through and see revival in Jesus' name. Amen.